You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to Locked on ACC. There's no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by me, Candace Cooper, and my lovely crew. Follow the Locked on ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Hope you guys had a great weekend full of some great football, both NFL and college. We know the ACC had an up and down week yet again, but we are going to talk about all of that today. Have my co-host, my Monday co-host, Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack joining me on today's show. Kenton, I hope you had a great weekend. Yeah, my weekend was absolutely wonderful. Um, honestly, again, as an adult, the best thing you can do on the weekend is, is nothing much. Uh, I went furniture shopping and I would like to uh, get out of adulthood. It's the most ghetto hood I've ever been in. And I'm from the west side of Detroit. So, uh, yeah, upon seeing those couch prices, I definitely, definitely uh, returned to cinder on being an adult. But other than that, it was a ton of football on, so it's always great to talk. No doubt. Wanted to give a quick shout-out to former Louisville Heisman winner, Mr. Lamar Jackson, finally got over the hump and beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Did not catch that great game. And then, you know, Louisville also trying to do their thing out here in these streets. So, In the word of Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback. (laughs) That's my quarterback. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a Lions fan, but Lamar has my heart. Okay, the man has my heart. I wish him all the success. And uh, it's very funny that a large uh, swath of the crowd that says he's a running back all have some some glaring similarities. But that's another story for another. No doubt. Well, speaking of Louisville, again, I mentioned they opened out our weekend here with a big win against UCF. One of the only great non-conference games that we saw coming into week. Three Louisville holding it down. Malik Cunningham, 23 for 38 with 265 yards. And, you know, I felt good about the weekend, right? If Louisville can step up, they made a really good win, beating a really good, a decent UCF team. You're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe things are on the horizon and a breakout for the ACC. But then you hit that Saturday slate and things get a little dicey. So we're going to go over the respective teams that Kenton covers here. So let's start with NC State. They took care of business. They beat Furman right out the gate. They made sure they went 45 to seven. And it was a game that, of course, they were supposed to win Devin Leary, 259 yards and three touchdowns. Bam Knight had 11 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown doing his thing. And then, you know, Thayer Thomas getting busy. So how was your overall perception of the game as an NC State alum, former player yourself? This team and the coaches and everybody around this team has talked about Um, maturity, 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 maturity. What mature teams do is they don't let one loss turn into two and two turn into three. Okay, that's what mature teams do. And that's what this team did. They were mature enough to say, you know what? We lost at Mississippi State because we did not execute, but we did not execute on that Saturday. It's okay. We're going to come back this next week. We're going to dominate from start to finish, wire to wire. And that's what they did. Kudos to them, more power to them. They acted mature. They played mature. They did what mature teams are supposed to do. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you know, one of the gimmies that we can't really necessarily be impressed by because we're trying to make ACC the standard, right? We're trying to get up there in the conversations with the Big Ten. I won't even touch the SEC right now, right? I think these are just games that we have to win. But let's keep rolling with these uh, Atlantic Division games. Clemson having a struggle against Georgia Tech. Who knew that this was going to be a wild one now? There was about a two-hour delay at the start of the game between the first and second quarters going into the third. There was some lightning going on, so I think that certainly affected how the guys showed up. But Jordan Yates doing the best he could as the, the quarterback for the Yellow Jackets and then holding it down. But they almost won this game. Clemson got a little scared towards the end if it wasn't for James Skalski in that Clemson defense at the end. Clemson does not have the ability to move the ball up and down the field so far this year. I have not seen them do it against any decent defense. The mighty Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I want to remind you of something. Remember last year what happened when the Yellow Jackets played them? Yep. It was like 70-something to three. And not only was did, did, uh, not only did Clemson win by over 60 points, Travis Etienne inside the tackles had like nine carries for 260-some-odd yards. Well, that makes me feel like, okay, is it really Trevor Lawrence was just God's gift to college basketball, Clemson football? I mean, sorry, college football, Clemson football? Or was it, is DJ really just having to learn and he is behind, he's a step behind where he needs to be? It's not just DJ. Mm -hmm. It's not just DJ. Let me tell you something about this Clemson offense. This Clemson offense is predicated on having a dynamic do-it-all running back or multiple running backs who can who are very capable and who do a lot. Right now, Shipley's the only guy. And everybody keeps talking about how thick Shipley's thighs are. That's cute and all. But in reality, guess what? This ain't the Boston College offense with Andre Williams where the thick thighs are all that matters and you just run over everybody. No, you need to, as a running back at Clemson's offense, you need to be a pass catching threat. You need to stretch the defense horizontally so y'all can hit the big shots vertically. Shipley don't got that ability. So who's going to be the guy who steps up and becomes that uh, the underneath threat in the passing game that scares teams? Because Travis Etienne was a first-rounder for a reason, and not just because the Jaguars are going to Jaguar up with the draft pick. I mean, he was a good player. And then when you talk about Trevor Lawrence, again, I keep trying to tell people, if your bar is Trevor Lawrence, 99.99999% of college quarterbacks will disappoint you. How many quarterbacks are so good that after their sophomore year, people are saying, if he could come out now, he'd be the first overall pick? How many? Maybe Corral from Mississippi. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> he, would, he would not be the number one pick if, if it was for, uh, if the draft was to allow him to go in this year, he would be the pick right now. <laughs> and it, it makes sense. He plays in Lane Kiffin's offense. They're going to put up all the flashy numbers in the world, but we all know that's not just he is who he is, and that's what makes them great. Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, him being him, great part of what made them great. Can't disagree there. Final Atlantic Division game that we want to discuss here, Boston College taking care of business despite being without their leader, Phil Dracovic. They won 28-3 against Temple. Another soft win. You know what I'm saying? We didn't exactly, you know, run off off the page feeling like Boston College wouldn't beat them. But I will say it was a step in the right direction for Boston College's defense going into the game. There are a lot of question marks around whether or not they'd be able to take care of business, especially just the energy wise and dynamic again of their quarterback going down. Zay Flyers being hurt, but coming back good to go. Right. And Dennis Grossell having to be that leader. 
a lot of question marks around whether Coach Halfley could have been, you know, if he could deliver when it came to defensive front. And I would say I'm pleasantly surprised, but now I'm ready to see the challenge for Boston College in this Ms. U game coming up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Boston College so far has, you know, they've, they've had the benefit of not playing uh, very good teams, but but to, to, that takes nothing away from this team. Because like we've seen in the ACC already, beating bad teams is hard, okay? So Boston College off to a 3-0 and start. They've done a great job. They've done a tremendous job. Halfley is who everybody says he is so far. Let's see how it goes as you get into the, uh, the meat of, and bones of your schedule. Get a win where you can get it in the ACC has definitely been the vibes so far. Well, all right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Fix? Prize Fix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Fix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy and offers more college football props than anyone else in the world. Prize Fix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over under on the projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store. Download the app today. Prospect is daily fantasy made easy. All right, sitting here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Locked on Wolfpack. We are going over Saturday's slate of games, a little Friday night action we had as well in week three. We are going to hit up the coastal side of things. Okay, Miami coming out to play, right? Deciding that they were going to have a solid showing. Could have been better. Could have been way better because we always want to win. They played Michigan State and lost 38 to 17 to Eric King. He is giving that team everything he has. 388 yards on the day and two touchdowns. Had a bit of a shoulder issue, but kept rolling. But Kenneth Walker, the third, former, former Wake Forest standout, ended up having a day, 27 carries for 172 yards. And this probably was one of the better games. Well, this was one of the more revealing games about the ACC, in my opinion. <laughs> little Kenny Walker running down the street. <laughs> he ran all up and down this uh, this Miami defense. But I don't think that Kenny uh, Kenneth Walker was the story. I think the story here was like we all predicted. De'Aaron King is this team. It's too much. It is too much. Give that man a break. Give that man a rest. You're expecting him to carry this team by himself to the promised land offensively. It's just not going to work like that. It's not. It's not realistic. Yeah, Chuck Rambo, well, Charleston Rambo, I, I call him Chuck for his own nickname. He cannot be that at all, but I'm giving it to him, right? 12 receptions, 156 yards. He definitely had bright spots in the day, but you saw a constant, constant drop from De'Aaron King's receiving core, right? And I think you also saw a lack of a strong running game. That, that was another issue. And then defensively, they just could not tackle anybody to save their life. It just seemed like they were giving up. And for uh, Manny Diaz to be such a defensive powerhouse that we, everyone wants to declare that he is, your defense hasn't shown up for some really important games. The, the thing to me is I think that these stats are a little misleading hmm. because 
their defense was on the field so much because if we we talked about Lamar Jackson earlier, right? What makes Lamar Jackson as great as he is in the NFL? What makes him a MVP winner within three years of being the league? They have the ability to run the ball with the running back. So what happens is you have to account for that threat, which then opens him up for the run, which then opens him up for the RPOs, which then opens the receivers up on play action. De'Hara King didn't have none of that. He didn't have none of that. He had, I will throw the ball, or maybe I will run the ball. That is it. That is all he had. If you did a play action against this Michigan State team, they laugh and say, ha, hmm, where, where you think you're going? What, what do you think you're doing here? This Harris kid ain't got off all night. You think that we're going to worry about him now? So, I mean, it's, it's I, I think that sometimes we look at high scores and we see that we say that the defense didn't do their job. I mean, based on four turnovers, uh, I believe two of which put Michigan State in scoring position right away, scoring position being uh, on their side of the 50, or in Miami territory, rather. You're, you're looking at a situation where you, you put your defense in too tall of a note, way too tall of a I don't disagree, but I do think, though, that Miami, they had lackluster energy. It just wasn't what we're used to seeing. A dom- we're not used to seeing a swag. We're used to seeing a swagged out Miami. We did not see that in any regard. Like, not even at, when you do make turnovers, when you do, you know, make great plays, it's not really high on the team. Nobody's really fueling each other up in the way that we were used to seeing from a Miami Hurricanes team. Yeah, because I, and I've stood by this, I said this when they started this trend, and I've said it now, this trend has gotten out of hand and everybody has a turnover thing. You know what's funny about Miami in this game? They lost the turnover battle four to zero. So what does that mean? Miami didn't even bring up that stupid turnover chain that they had. See, they compare themselves to the old Miami and talk about what they were to the old Miami. The old Miami had swagger while they were dominating you. They dominated you and then did the celebrating. This team is looking to celebrate before they do the dominating part. You're putting the, the, the carriage before the horse. Do the work first. Do the work, and then you can bring out the touchdown chain, the turnover chain, all, da, 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 all of that, all of that. But to me, if I was, if I was Manny Diaz, I'd say, hey, uh, break up that chain. Note it down. Send those diamonds back to wherever they came from. Break up all of them. Take those, the touchdown rings, take them away. When y'all win an ACC championship, we will bring everything back. And then so. And then so. I don't think May, I don't think Coach Diaz has that in him. I think it's going to have to be a more militant coach that comes in and it's a little more strict. But you can't do that with Miami. That's not Miami's culture. That's not why you come in and that's not why you coach Miami or play for Miami. You want to have the swagger. You just have to back it up. So they just need someone who's going to bring out that backup. Exactly. They need somebody who's going to recruit a running back recruit a really good running back. They need somebody who's going to recruit some offensive linemen, some big, nasty, ugly guys up front that are going to do what has to be done. That's what they need. At the end of the day, in South Florida, you have one of the best recruiting bases in the nation. And for for whatever reason, this team just has not been able to get it done offensively in the trenches. Crazy. Well, let's move on to another coastal team that had a strong performance but couldn't quite get it done. West Virginia taking them down. That's Virginia Tech losing 27 to 21 in a very good game. I would say it was all West Virginia in the first half, but then Virginia Tech decided that they wanted to get in the game and get in the game. They did. Braxton Burmeister with 19 of 31 for 223 yards. You saw his flaws to me in this game that he can't, he struggles to throw. 
you saw Daggy do his thing, but it's Daggy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw Daggy do his thing, but I think overall we saw some, okay, this man can't throw. We've known that, but this really solidified that in this game because he didn't seem confident in trying to make those reads. He would just get swallowed up when he took too long. You study long, you study wrong. And I think that's just really what exposed BB3 here. But they had an opportunity to get back in the game. They just couldn't get it done. You know, Braxton Beverly is, is I'm sorry, uh, Braxton Burmeister is such an interesting case to me. He's such an interesting case to me because his passing has gotten exponentially better from what it was uh, last year. But as my old lady would tell me about my cleanliness, it was so horrible to start with. It was so bad to start. I don't know uh, what is going on as far as this team's ability to throw the ball. But here's the thing. You can't outmuscle every team like you did uh, UNC. It's just not realistic. It's just not realistic. That UNC defense can't stop a running nose with tissue, Robitussin, and three shots of the uh, COVID vaccine. That's just the reality. So, guess what, Virginia Tech? You're going to have to put the ball in the air. You're going to have to be successful at it at some point in time. That has to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that overall, you just have to, you know, figure out who you are. As a, I think there's some coaching flaws there, right? I think that you put your team in a position to be successful from start to finish. And I don't necessarily feel like Pointe did that for his group, but ne- neither here nor there. There is a coastal team that I would love to just, you know, give a smack across the face for because Pittsburgh, what we got going on, big dog. I was over here high on y'all. I'm telling everybody that Pittsburgh might be the team to really take it down in the coastal. And then you guys go to sleep on me and lose to Western Michigan 44 to 41 in a serious shootout. Kenny Pickett was 382 380 yards on the day, six touchdowns. You just don't have a day like that as a quarterback and your team not be able to deliver. In the words of Coach uh, D'Antonio Thunder Burnett, strength and conditioning coach in NC State, one of the best in the business. He always said, I'm hesitant to uh, I'm hesitant to pump guys up because you pat them on the butt, you pull back a handful of crap. And that's what happened with this pit team. We all pat them on the butt. Oh, my God, you beat an SEC team. You did it. You did it. You did it. And what did we pull back? A loss to Western Michigan. This game is disappointing not only because it is a loss to a group of five teams, but Pat Narduzzi, you're supposed to be a defensive coordinator, right? You're supposed to miss the defense. Now, wait a minute. You you missed the defense and you gave up 44 points to a group of five? Huh? Okay. Uh, you know, at this point, I the the Coastal is always up for grabs. But I'll tell you what. This Saturday will determine if the Atlantic is up for grabs. Because while everyone wants to crown Clemson King Uh-oh. already, okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I don't have a ton of faith in this NC State team and, and their ability to beat them. But if NC State wins this game, I'm not going to declare them the outright favorites to win the Atlantic. Just because of what I've seen from these teams already, it looks like this is going to be a year where everything in the ACC, if, 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 if Clemson can be knocked off their throne, everything in the ACC will be wide open. Well, goodness me. Well, let's talk about your favorite game of the weekend after this little mention of sweat block here. Oh, my goodness. If you have not yet tried sweat block, you are doing yourself a disservice. Excessive sweating can certainly be a problem when you go out to speak, when you're trying to go on a hot date, all of those good things. It's not necessarily life or death, but you like to feel confident when you're going out. Nobody likes to pit out during 
important times and important moments. I'd much rather not worry about it. Why I tend to recommend sweat block antiperspirant wipe. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than the most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash and go and go about your day without worrying about sweat. It's guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I've seen and heard people use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps them dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking up shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com and promo code locked on or CBS or Amazon. Now that we are in the thick of it, we hope you guys are trying to stay fit throughout this fall season. And we hope that you are looking at ways to do that with delicious treat like Built Bar. You know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. So there's something for everybody. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine. They're up to the, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar with only four to five grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order yours today. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping up today's show here, Ken, I would love to know what your favorite game of the weekend because there weren't many, right? Most of them were ugly. And we're going to talk to J.J. Jackson tomorrow with the rest of the game. So you got to guys have to come back for that second half, the second slate. But for all said and done, how are you feeling about the ACC week three? Um, you know, a bad week one for the ACC turned into an up and down week two for the ACC turned into a bad week three for the ACC. So I'm starting to wonder, starting to wonder about us. Something are we, little, something. Are we, are we bad? You know, like, I don't know if you ever seen that uh, movie where, where they were like, are we the baddies? Because they were they were in the regalia of a certain group of people who had done bad things to another group of people. And they sure. looked up and said, are we the bad guys? And, and that's that's my question here. Um, You know. The Nerd Bowl was probably the most entertaining because um, quietly now, very quietly, Duke is now two and one. Okay. After that loss to Charlotte, they're now two and one with a win over a power five team. Not every team. Everybody can't see. Everybody ain't able. <laughs> Everybody ain't able. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. I the 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 best moments probably came out of the Florida State fans that covered their faces with the with the uh, brown bag. Yeah, that was oh sad. man, it's always fun to see that as a Lions fan. I remember when we went on sixteen, and everybody was saying fire mill, and everybody showed up in those brown bags. So yeah, it's a, it's that's probably the best moment, but best game. I'd have to say Nerd Bowl. Shout out to Duke for putting on for the conference. Heck yeah, I will agree. I also say the Carolina Virginia game was one that was the first time I saw Carolina step up in a second half in a while. So I was pleasantly surprised. But I'll go more in detail with that tomorrow. And I will make sure that you guys are locked and loaded going over those respective games with JJ Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils. But Ken Gibbs is here. We always have a good time when he is in the building. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? You can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter or TGIF underscore Ken. Uh, just be warned, if you follow TGIF Ken, I am more than just a sports journalist. I do a lot of other things in life, and I talk about those other interests. But LO underscore Wolfpack, and anywhere you're listening to this, you can find um, my podcast at Locked on Wolfpack. 
Betting on any ACC team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee, handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, and wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. For Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs, we hope you guys have a great start to your week. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.